0: Welcome to the River D Centre podcast. Listen back to the Sunday Worship Message, recorded live in our church building in Flint, North Wales. Find, just lock eyes with someone else in the room. Do it right now. Anyone? Oh, bit weird, isn't it? Bit weird, isn't it? It's strange, isn't it? When that happens, it's a little bit strange. Focus, focus, focus. Now pick someone else. Lock eyes with them. It's getting weirder, isn't it? It's getting strange. Ooh. Did anyone, anyone feel like? Oh my goodness me, that's a bit weird. Or was anyone like, I'm really enjoying this because I'm really intense. And like, like Joel's like, yes. Joel, Joel look, go on, Joel, look. Oh, it's like a smolder. It's like a smolder. Yeah, it's strange, isn't it? When you focus on someone or something in that way. How many of us know that life, we're so busy sometimes, we don't even notice people. We literally don't even notice people. And do you know why fixing eyes with people is so weird? Is because so we do it so little. We do it very, very infrequently. Focus on other people. You know, you're supposed to gaze into the eyes of your loved one, aren't you? That's what you're supposed to do. That's how it works. When was the last time that happened, Elizabeth? Nah, it just doesn't happen. You know, we get so busy doing things and stuff that sometimes we just forget to make contact. With those people, Let me read something from the Word of God. It says this, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's One and only Son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people love the darkness instead of the light because their deeds were evil. How many of us know that when Joel was talking to us about mission, he wasn't just talking about. Trips, like he said, abroad to America, to Texas, the Texans coming here, us going to Cornwall. When Joel was talking about mission, as he rightly said, he wasn't just talking about events, he was talking about a lifestyle. How many of us know here today that our church is constantly on mission? 365 days a year, our church is on mission. How many of us know that if you are part of this church, you belong to this church, you are this church? That puts you and I on mission. That puts you and I on mission every single day. Whose mission is it? It's it's not Pastor Steve's. It's not mine. It's not Elizabeth's. It's not even our Riverdy Community Church's mission It's God's mission to reconcile the world back to restore, which was what in the very beginning was creation. When God created the heavens and the earth and the universe and the animals and the birds and the trees and everything else that goes with that, when he created people and we were brought into relationship with him, God's mission is to reconcile that which was broken. That which was broken by man. Mankind and our selfish, daft desire to want to be greater than we are. God's mission. And yet he chooses little old us. River Community Church out of the River Center in Flint of all places. To be a part of the team. You know, across our nation right now, there are churches meeting together. They've, a lot of them have already met. We're quite lazy 11 o'clock starters. Hands up. Who likes that 11 a.m. start? Yeah. Don't Some people are like, no, nah, I don't like it. But the thing is, we're quite, you know, quite, quite lazy 11 a.m. There are churches all across our land, churches all across the world gathering together to sharpen one another, encourage one another to... um. Help each other be equipped, ready for fulfil God's mission here on earth. Just for a second, lock eyes with someone in a room. Change it. Lock eyes with somebody else. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. The reality is, we these pe- people that are sat next to you, those pesky kids that have all gone out now to their classes. We love them, really. We love them. All those, the kids and the young people and the youth and the young adults and the adults and all of us here in this place, we are all in this together. We're all on the same team. In a couple of weeks' time, we've got Texans coming. And you know what? I'm trying my hardest not to call it like mission week. Because you know what? There's 52 weeks in a year. And if we describe one week as a mission week, well, what does that make the other 51 weeks off. Now that's not what we are called to do. We are part of God's mission. And you know, God, in his mission for reaching people and reconciling the world, doesn't take days off. Doesn't take days off. And we as a church, we as a people, can't do that. Now, please don't misunderstand me. I am not talking about we should give up all our holidays and we should not take time off. That is not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is this we are called to something greater than we realize. A couple of weeks' time, we got Texans, 13 of them for nine days. It's going to be busy, programs, events, more food than you can even believe some of the food bills are going to be insane it's going to be hard work totally enjoyable but i guess there will be a temptation in the days after this trip to believe that riverdy's missional responsibility is done for another year community fund day tick done Woof. don't have to think about that till next year Going into schools, we're starting schools work for the first time in how long? Forever in the life of River Dee. In Flint, we've not been into schools. Whew, schools work done for another year. Tick. Don't have to worry about until our missionaries come back to support us next year. There may be a temptation after this nine days because it's so busy to so just relax and think, isn't it great that we get to outsource our evangelism and our mission to these guys that are willing to come over from texas to support us but you know what that's simply not true simply not true the problem with that way of thinking is it reduces the idea of mission to be a moment missionary moments missionary moments you know this idea of um, reducing things down to moments is actually more common than we realize. I think, I'm speaking about myself first and foremost, I'm a Christian, right? I'm a follower of Jesus, but sometimes I reduce that down to moments. I reduce that down to, in this moment, I'm going to pray. And in this moment, I'm going to share my faith. Or in this moment, I'm going to try and do the right thing so people can see me doing the right thing. But the reality is, it is a lifestyle. It is a choice and a decision that we make when we accept Christ. To let go of the way that we used to do things. For God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son. So that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Jesus didn't come. Just for a moment. Jesus was there in the very, very beginning. Jesus was there. Jesus was here momentarily on earth in fleshly form with us. Lived the life that he did. Did the miracles that he did. Died the death that he did. But was raised to the life in the way that he was. Please, please, please never, ever, ever think that Jesus has had his moment. That his part was a couple of thousand years ago. He's played his part and we just celebrate what Jesus did 2,000 years ago. You know, I'm a Man United fan. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a Man United fan. And we used to take the mick out of Liverpool fans for talking about history. But I'm becoming a Man United fan that is beginning to talk about history. Last night, Man City won the treble. And the only thing that we used to be able to say to people is that at least Man United won the treble. And now that's gone as well. The trouble is we like to think about things sometimes that happened a long time ago and treat them as moments. Is our Christian walk a series of moments or is it a lifestyle? Is it a lifestyle? Do we turn our missional mind on and off? How spiritual do you feel in church on a Sunday? Sing the songs, we pray. It was a beautiful moment. I love what you did there, Joel. Getting us all to pray together. Praying over people, into the lives of people. Great moment. I wonder, will you feel the same tomorrow morning? Will you feel the same Tuesday afternoon? You know that really annoying appointment you've got Wednesday and you can't shift it? Will you still feel as close to God then as you do here in this place? You know, Rivety Community Church is a church stuffed full of opportunity to serve, to get involved, to be a part of something bigger. And yet church, you know, Pastor C is going to like start throwing things at me in a second when I say this. But, you know, church here, Sunday morning meetings, it's just a part of it. It's just a part of mission. It's not the be all and end all. We love you here. We want you here. We need you here. Why? Because the Bible says uh, in Hebrews, do not give up the habit of meeting together. You know, we need to be here. We need to be connected. There's a couple of people on Zoom at the back. Hey, Leslie, great to see you, by the way people on zoom at the back you know there are people connected to us and it's great and it's so important but you know what our part in god's mission the mission of reconciliation of the world doesn't just depend on an hour and a half on a sunday morning This is a moment that we share together to encourage one another, to sharpen one another, to equip one another. But there are so many more opportunities to get together. Just for a minute, I want to speak in to your moments of isolation when you're on your own. Who likes being alone? Yeah, Adrian's like, yes, straight up in the air. You know, some people like being alone. Who doesn't like being alone? That's me, I don't, I'm not, I don't really like it. I charge up around people, that's, that's how I am. We're all different, but just for a minute, I wanna speak into your individual context, into your life. Is your Christian walk and journey a series of moments? I attend church on a Sunday. Maybe I've been to the prayer meeting this week, so tick, tick, tick. Or is it a daily opportunity to say, God, I'm here ready to serve you in your mission what is it today that you've got for me we've just been at a conference a couple of days um great conference new wine cymru down in swansea and it was said every time you lock eyes with someone every conversation that you have with someone every moment you walk into a room and somebody else is in there is a missional opportunity is a missional opportunity for you to be the person that Christ has called you to be. You see, Christ, the light of the world, when you accepted him into your life, now means you carry the light of the world. Into any moment of darkness, into any situation, into any circumstance, you carry the light of the world. I remember being in high school. I was probably year nine or year 10. I remember walking down the um, corridors of school, seeing other kids, like, dash into the toilets by the canteen to go. And we all, they were the smoking toilets, right? Every high school had a set of smoking toilets. That's where everyone used to go to smoke. That was that. And then I would walk around, and I would go around down the bottom of the English where the canteen was, where the kids got bullied. Do you know what I mean? That's where, like, big kids battered little kids. That's just generally what happened. And there was all this stuff going on in high school. And I remember walking down the corridors, recognizing and realizing that actually I carry the light of the world. I carry the light of the world. Now this, it was dark. High school was a rough place. It was dark, but I remember clear as day. I remember a moment where I was like, I'm a Christian. I'm different to what is going on here. I carry something Different. And I wasn't in church in that moment. It was just me. It was just little old me. The reality is this. Roy's laughing. And I'm not quite sure why it might have been the old statement. I don't know. But the reality is this you play a bigger part than you realize. The problem is when you can play a bigger part, when we don't play it, actually we're letting go. Of something bigger than we realize. See my desire is to live a life. That is effective. In helping grow and advance the kingdom of God. See God is all powerful. And actually. Actually I can't add anything to God. I can't do that. God gave me Everything that I have, the strengths, um, the abilities, the gifts, we've all got them. God gave them to you. And actually, by you using them, you don't make God more powerful. That's not how it works. We can't make God more powerful. But we can be effective in our role because God chose to release us as men, women, kids to be part of the plan. We've got community fun day coming up rachel just shared beautifully about how that the impression on her heart from that moment Because of something that happened, an opportunity to be involved, to see love, to see it all happen. The reason mission weeks take place is because we capture something in a mission week. It's like a snapshot photograph of what church in action should look like. And my prayer is this next nine days with the Texans as we go into schools, as we share the gospel, as we show love on people. My prayer is that we take a snapshot of what our church is like, but not once a year, not for a moment, not just because we need to impress our visitors coming from America, but I want them to know that we are doing this day in, day out. You know, you may or may not know this, but how the uh, relationship with the American church came around was through an organization in Wales called Mission Links Wales, headed up by a, a guy called Rob Burns. And they actually um, try and introduce Churches in Wales with American churches. And it's not just something that's happened. You don't just pick a raffle ticket outright, River Dee. You are connected with Wedgwood Baptist Church. There's a series of conversations and emails. And then the American church comes over to visit. They go around a couple of different churches. And they meet different people. And they try and connect heart with heart. That's what they're looking for. They're trying to connect the heart of their church, their values, and their role in their mission um, their, their involvement in God's mission they're trying to connect that with a church here in Wales and this went on for a few years with River D. in fact we were met a couple of different churches and it never, it never came to anything it never amounted to anything and Steve has told the story a few times when we came to meet Wedgwood Church when they came to meet us Steve had sort of said look if this doesn't work this time then that's it we probably won't press on but God knows best right God knows best. And those Americans, that church, Wedgwood, decided to connect with River D. Why? Because of our missional heart. Because of our desire to see a community changed. What was so lovely is this that when we put the programs together, the Texan church um, recognized that we're not just putting on a special program just to entertain and humor them and give them the opportunity to go on mission just for those nine days. But actually, Connect Meal, we do it every month-ish. You know, Frog Squad, we do it every week. Kids Kids Zone, every week. You know, all the things we're involved in, all the things we're involved in, they're happening with or without Texas. They are just coming to support us So church, please, please, please don't panic and think you've got to put a show on for the Texans. Please don't think that we're preaching this today because I need you to be on your best behavior. I do need you to be on your best behavior, but I'm not preaching this. I'm not preaching this just so that we can for a moment get it together. Just be yourselves. Be the missional people God has called you to be. We're going to read some scripture in a second. I just want to, um, yeah, no, no, let's read it now. Let's read it now. It's always good, isn't it? So Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10, verse 38. It's the story of Mary and Martha. Mary and Martha. We're going to read it now and we're going to see what we we get out of this as jesus and his disciples were on their way he came to a village where a woman named martha opened her home to him she had a sister called mary excuse me and will not and it will not be taken away from her this is quite a sweet little passage actually sometimes you read the, the the passages in the bible and they're not too sweet as in like like jesus can be like quite harsh there is a moment here where jesus just gently corrects the heart and attitude of a person there's two types of people in this little passage mary and martha two different characters Uh, myself Stephen we went for a bit of a walk didn't we went for a bit of a stroll the other day and uh, we were chatting about things and I was just thinking how different me and Stephen are I like we're really different aren't we you know and it was it was I mean I found it quite an enjoyable walk I don't know about Stephen but he's he's still here today so I assume it wasn't too bad but the reality is we're different we're different in character we see things different we enjoy different things but the one thing that unites us is a love for Jesus A love for Jesus. And you look around the room, the people that you locked eyes with before are different to you. But what unites us is the love of Christ. Two sisters, how many know siblings are different? How many know siblings are a real pain in the backside? A real pain in the backside. No, she is. She she, she is a real pain in the backside. No, I'm only joking. But we're different. We're different. And the reality of the situation is we've got two sisters, one who is so, their motivation, both of them, is love. Martha wants to do a great job. She wants to prepare food. We don't actually know what the, the jobs are, but you know, do a bit of reading, do a bit of digging. Actually, she's probably preparing food for Jesus and his entourage um, and the people that are around him. She wants to be hospitable. She wants to be generous. She wants to make time and space, good plans, good programs. And then her sister just wants to sit at the feet of Jesus and listen to the words. Now, in our marriage, Elizabeth, which one of us is Mary and which one of us is Martha? Elizabeth's definitely Martha, right? Cracking on, cracking on, getting jobs done, making plans, making provision. She does it because her heart is purely for making sure that we are well-drilled, well-organized and things happen. We have been planning the Community Fund Day for... Ever, it feels like. It feels like we were planning this Community Fund Day before the last Community Fund Day. It's just how it works. Elizabeth's motivation and heart and desire is to see this opportunity flourish and be in the best place that it can be. Elizabeth's challenge for this week is to make sure that she doesn't lose the focus that is really, really important. God's mission to reconcile mankind. And in all our programs, in all our plans, that's the way. Me, on the other hand, I'm quite used to sitting still in one place. I'm quite good at that. I can take a moment and be like, yeah, let's just soak in the atmosphere. Let's do that, soak in the moment. And actually, I can be a bit lazy from time to time and miss moments that I should be a little more active my challenge is to make sure that i'm not just all wishy-washy this week but actually the systems and the plans that we put in place are there to be used to help facilitate the best moments possible for us to speak into people's lives community fun day pretty crazy right Hopefully you're all going to be there. Hopefully you're all going to be involved in some way, shape or form. So when Jane goes, we need three barrels of water or we've run out of cans or we've run out of milk or we've got no petrol left for the generator and we've got no this and the bouncy castles are collapsing and the police want to talk to the group of lads that are throwing stones at um, people on the... other. You know, all this stuff begins to happen on a day. What happened to Martha? She got distracted. The word is Distracted. How many of us know that during this nine days, the last thing we want to do is be distracted by our programs, by our busyness, by our busyness? How many of us know, though, that if we all sat still in this moment, that the next nine days probably wouldn't happen? (laughs) They probably wouldn't happen. Dare I say it when we read this passage, Jesus gently corrected Martha because Mary was in the best place that she could be, which was sat at the feet, listening to the words of Jesus. Can I just say, please, 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 before you come and volunteer with us on the Community Fund Day, the 1st of July, will you have a moment with God before you do? Will you at home pray and say, Jesus, Help me today. Help me today to play my part, to do my role in serving you and your mission for the church. Will you please do that? Because Mary was in the best possible place. You know what would have been great? Hopefully she helped with the washing up. The Bible doesn't tell us that. The Bible doesn't tell us what she went on to do afterwards their dinner. Hopefully Mary helped wash up. But the reality is this. The best place we can be is positioning ourselves right where Jesus wants us. Hearing the words of Jesus. We've got to live a life. We're called to do things. Ephesians 2.10 says we were created, a a masterpiece in Christ Jesus, um, prepared to do good works in advance. You know, God is preparing us to do something. The great commission of Jesus is to go. And make disciples. Jesus doesn't call us to sit still all of the time. But will you, before you come and you serve for us and you serve for the church and you serve for the community and you serve the name of Jesus. Will you take a moment before you come, pray to him and say, Jesus, will you help me? It's going to be a busy nine days. It's going to be a lot to do. Joel, mate, you're going to have so much to do. It's unreal. unreal, but don't get distracted. He's got a gift, right? He's got a gift to be able to share the gospel and share his heart and testimony. But if I ask you to take the bins out, don't be going, Ben, I'm an evangelist. Don't do this. The reality is this. We need Mary and Martha combined together to be missional. We need them together to be missional. There's going to be moments you need to go all Martha. There's going to be moments where you need to go all Mary. But the reality of the situation is this. The mistake that Martha made was getting distracted and allowing distraction to cause her to be irritated, which caused her to actually undo all of the hospitality that she had given. She'd opened her home. She'd been generous. She'd done everything right. Just the passage before, Jesus is speaking about the Good Samaritan, about hospitality. Martha is embodying hospitality, but she trips herself up because she allows a distraction to undo all of the hospitality you see as a church we are practicing nine days hospitality community fund day church uh, schools ministry um, connect groups connect meals junior stations NFL it's all happening we are producing moments of hospitality let's not undo it by being distracted because we're a little bit irritated that someone else isn't pulling their weight if somebody asks You to do something, or you hear someone else. If you hear on the Community Fund Day, Elizabeth asked me to do something, and then 10 minutes later I've not done it and she comes and asks you to do it, don't hate on me. Don't hate on me. Don't get distracted. Just do it. The Holy Spirit will sort me out. (laughs) The reality is this. The reality is this. Let's not be distracted. You know, in this story, it's all right to claim to be Mary. But it's actually like a big responsibility. Big responsibility. You know, Mary and Martha, sisters of a dude called Lazarus, right? Raised from the dead. Difference in personality. You know, when Jesus came to town a little late, When Lazarus was sick, pronounced dead, it's Martha that comes running out to see Jesus. Like, hey, where have you been? Where have you been? Mary stays at home, crying, upset. Upset, deeply moved. Character, we're different, we're different people. Maybe you meet things head on, you want to know answers, you want to know why, you're busy, you're at it. Maybe you're not, maybe you're reserved, maybe you're quiet, maybe you're a deep thinker. My issue is I don't think enough. Elizabeth's issue is she thinks too much. We've just got to arrive somewhere in the middle. But we do that by starting our day by saying, hey, Jesus, what is it that you want from me? Let's bring this to a close. A couple of families represented. I've got a few NFL stars in their families this week. uh, I know Jeremiah's. Jeremiah's Cody, Thomas, Luke—they've all, all of them, been at an NFL competition, um, just this week. And I've been saying to Luke, um, he's like got a role in the team. He—I don't know—catches something. I don't know. He catches the ball. That's his job. Or oh, he's playing badminton at the minute. And I say the same thing to him: like, do your job. He plays football. He's a defender. You know, I mean, he's not really fast, Luke, but he's quite big, quite hard, and he just like stops people from getting past. Do your job. I say to him all the time, like night before a badminton tournament, I say, listen, bro, tomorrow when you go out on court, do your job. Do what you need to do to get it done, to get the win. Do your job. And he was talking to me about this NFL tournament. He was saying, yeah, but dad, what about this? And what about that? And what about this? And he was talking about situations and circumstances outside of his control. I just said, bro, tomorrow, watch your job? He said, I've got to catch the ball. <laughs> I said, tomorrow, I will catch the ball. Do your job. Watch your job. What is your job? For the next nine days, what is your job? Well, a couple of things. Your job is to be the same tomorrow as you are in nine days' time. Don't try and put it together. Just for the mission week. But make sure there is a consistency that runs through us all. Do your job. David and Goliath, right? Story, we've all heard it. In the Bible. Love it. Great story. It was mentioned at the conference. Just a, just a throwaway statement. I've been thinking about it ever since it was said, actually. But you've got an entire army of Israelites where their job is to protect israel to protect the king to look after and guard the king if necessary lay 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 their life down for the king an entire army decided not to do their job because they were scared they were fearful not of another army because of one bloke i mean he's a big bloke don't get me wrong but because of one bloke, they foregoed what they were called to do, their job. They were being, they, that was their job to do. And yet they chose not to do it. Because they were scared. That a little boy, whose actual job was to be a shepherd, was to look after sheep, stepped up to do a job that should have been done by other people. Here's the Mary and Martha link. But stepped in to do a job that needed to be done because it served a greater purpose. In nine days time, uh, you know, after the mission, the following Monday morning, our job isn't done. Our job isn't done. We wake up and we go again. We wake up and we go again. And we live in a time where the people that walk by our streets and our doors need Jesus, need Jesus. And our job is to make sure that we, whether we go all Mary or we go all Martha, do our job to serve the mission of God, to see people reconciled to the Father. You know, we don't do the saving, we don't do that. We don't, we don't play that part. What we do do though, is serve 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 let's pray Lord god we want to thank you and praise your holy name we want to thank you for who you are for what you do god right now in this moment we come before you and we say god have your way god may we do our job if we're unsure of what our job is god may we uh, come and seek your voice god may we hear what it is that you have got for us, God, I pray that we would know without a shadow of a doubt what it is that you're calling us to, and that is to serve your mission. Lord God, for this world to reconcile mankind back to you. God, we would play our part. God, we wouldn't get upset when we see others forgoing their responsibilities, but we would step up to the mark just like that little shepherd boy and say, I'm going to do this because this is what the king is calling me to do. And I pray that, God, as we do that, this mission week, this community fund day will go beyond anything that we have ever experienced and known because of your grace, your mercy, because you, Lord, Jesus came to this earth to save. And I pray, Lord, that as we model that, we live that out Monday through Monday, Monday, week in, week out, all of the time, being missional in the way that we do it, God, we would see your kingdom come. In your holy name, amen.